Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Each episode, I'll bring on some experts, we'll talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Beth Arrett, an association evangelist with over 25 years experience in marketing and member engagement, and I'm so happy you're here. Now let's start the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Member Engagement Show. Today, we have a couple of superstars joining us from the American Association of Endodontists, Kim Fitzsimmons, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer, and Natalie Hughes, Integrated Marketing Manager. Kim, Natalie, welcome, and thanks for being here. Thank you, Beth. We're really excited to be joining you today. Maybe before we start, you could just tell us a little bit about AAE. Yeah, the American Association of Endodontists, we are a uh, smaller membership with 8,000 members um, who are dental uh, specialists. Our members are specialists at saving natural teeth and uh, through root canal therapy. Uh, there is 150,000 dentists out there, but only 3% are endodontists. So they are our superheroes of saving natural teeth. So it sounds like you have a good membership there and some unsung heroes because nobody really likes to talk about their dental work, I think. Do you have particular challenges just with marketing to that specific group of people? You know, our, our definitely getting our message through is always a challenge. And I think for marketers today, it becomes increasingly uh, a challenge as our audience attention spans are, are shorter. We're being bombarded with messages um, all throughout the day through many, many channels. So just cutting through that clutter and getting our message through to members, it continues to be a challenge. You know, I think also for us as marketers, optimizing our channels, you know, what are our best channels to reach members? You know, I think in marketing, we've talked a lot about being able to use channels differently, but um, it's still getting away from that kind of blasting it through every channel. So just being much more strategic uh, and optimizing those channels. It's always a tough balance because if you optimize too much, you miss people. If you send too many messages, then you're not optimizing and you're just not hitting the right people with the right message and you're alienating the ones that you don't. It's, it's always a tough challenge, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, and in realizing where you have, you know, certain audiences on certain channels, um, but in trying to stay away from that default of sending everything through every channel. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The infamous, just send it to everyone in the database. Exactly. No, 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 no thank you. What are the top priorities that are facing association marketing teams right now? Well, I think some of the top like priorities to address the challenges is, I think for the marketing tar um, department, is to get a seat at the table when you're discussing organizational strategic priorities or even discussing like priorities within inner departments across um, the association. And for some organizations, I think this is a really big like cultural shift, um, really working with your marketing department in a way that is like a strategic partner for you. And then I would say, you know, one of the other priorities is gathering that data, learning channels, learning what works, what doesn't. And again, really resisting, like sending the same message through every channel. You really want to start to differentiate that. I think those are some ways that associations can address some of the challenge through those priorities. What about communities? 
Well, you know, for communities, I think it's the same along the same lines. It's it's better integration of all association programs and activities, you know, through your community. Um, I think, you know, I, I see for ourselves even bringing more of that like authentic voice to your communities, um, so that it's not just one message that you also saw it on Facebook is in your communities and making sure that there is some ownership across the entire organization, whether it's staff or leaderships, we're really vesting in um, sharing what the association is doing through communities. So with that in mind, I know you have a pretty robust community. What are your top community goals for the rest of the year? Yeah, I'll actually jump in at this point. Um, some, I'd say, are the best part of having a community is to set yourselves up for success with goals and planning, because those are definitely critical to how well the community runs and how it's received. Um, So I'm thrilled with the approach that we've established with the help of our higher logic community manager. Um, We go through a strategic planning process involving the community manager, a group of volunteers who are responsible for our community We incorporate a few of our super users from our community, and then we also include association staff in that process from across departments. So based on those robust conversations, we establish our priorities for the community and developed a roadmap to guide our content and engagement strategies for the year ahead. And right now, our roadmap is really focused on diversifying our group of main contributors and the content being posted to the community. So more variety in what's being discussed and more voices at the table, making those discussions come to life. We're also rolling out new communities for smaller membership segments this year and um, overall promoting attendance and engagement with our AAE events and initiatives. It sounds like you've got a lot of good collaboration going on in there between Higher Logic, between um, your different departments, which is great. With that in mind, do you have any tips or recommendations on how marketing and community management can best collaborate? We utilize Higher Logic strategic services and have an awesome community manager as part of that relationship. Kristen, FYI, shout out. She's great. She's really an extension of our marketing team and is very well integrated into the work that we do. So we're with her, we're learning what works best for our community, and that requires constant collaboration. So when we meet, we know what our marketing priorities are or what our association priorities are, and our community manager helps us bring that content to life in a way that fits the community. You know, that tone is very different from other communication channels, so her expertise from that point of view is really valuable to us. I have to say, I know Kristen, and I agree with you 100% that she is amazing. Um, but she also does have some really fantastic things to say about you guys, too, just so you know. So it's a mutual admiration society. Absolutely. I do know that you've done some great work getting your whole association staff to sort of take part in the community. Can you talk a little bit about that and maybe give some tips for those who are still struggling in that area? 
Yeah, it is so important to get your entire organization vested in the success of your community. You know, it's not just community management or marketing or whoever in your organization is managing the day-to-day of the community's responsibility and really trying to find ways to get staff and volunteers involved and vested. And Natalie's had some great uh, experience really bringing this to life at AAE. Like I said earlier, staff are part of our annual strategic plan process for the community. And it's not a one and done conversation. So we've all worked together to establish this roadmap. And something new that we've implemented this year at AAE is to um, schedule monthly cross-departmental meetings to continue the work that we agreed upon in that roadmap. So everybody gets to contribute to bringing that work plan to life. And we can also hear from each other how other teams are using AAE Connection to support a variety of initiatives. Initiatives, So it's a great idea sharing forum um, for our staff to kind of feel invested in that platform. Um, and we're also using communities this year for committee work between staff and volunteers. So I think the use of communities for some of our volunteer work has naturally helped get staff more comfortable with the platform hands-on and helped them sort of envision it and see its value as a communication tool. Cool. It sounds like you've done some great work there internally. Uh, And I know that you've also come up with some great tactics to engage the community itself. Like I know you've been using some gamification. So how do you vet gamification ideas and verify that they actually work? Yeah, a lot of our gamification so far has focused on opportunities to encourage new voices to enter the discussion forum, adding a variety of content to the forum, and helping us drive member action. So those are sort of the guiding principles behind the gamification that we've tried so far. You know, we've incorporated the community into a virtual walking challenge that we've held a couple of times throughout the last few years, um, where if members post to a specific thread, we award them bonus steps towards that a virtual walking challenge. We've also tried out some giveaway threads that encourage members to take action in order to win something. So all of these ideas we do vet with the help of our community manager. We sort of come to her with a goal or what we what action we'd like members to take or how we envision things going on the community. And together we brainstorm ideas for how to execute that. We build out and test any list building or automation or email triggers that go along with that effort. And then I think the biggest part of vetting ideas is really the learning and iteration process after you've tried something new. Not everything's going to be wildly successful as we've learned, but we iterate on what we've tried. And we're also, you know, mixing and matching tactics and content until we find what works for our members. So if a specific approach didn't work in the past, maybe it will work better with a different piece of content built around it. I like that. You're the idea that you go into it knowing not everything is going to work for everybody and just thinking very smart about it. That's fantastic. Yeah, I think Um, it can be a natural reaction when something doesn't work to leave it on the cutting room floor. But we've found that just packaging it a little differently or trying the same tactic with a different piece of association content sometimes produces 
more results than the first time around. You've got a great community going. So Kim, when you're marketing the association, how big of a draw is the community to those people you're marketing to? You know, it's increasingly becoming a key member benefit. But what's kind of interesting, too, is how the draw of our community continues to evolve over time. So when we launched, uh, we actually were launching in summer of 2020. Well, the pandemic came around in March. Um, and so we quickly pivoted and launched a COVID community. And the need that that met for our members is really unimaginable at a time when our members are their dental emergency um, specialists. They were seeing patients um, at the very beginning of the pandemic, and they needed help from peers on how to treat patients safely. Um, so they really turned to each other. Um, and we've got these like great examples of members showing how they've covered, you know, microscopes to how they um, uh, protocols they put in place to keep patients safe and keep themselves and their staff safe. So that sharing with members um, was so important. And then it also was an opportunity as, you know, our journal was publishing research or, think, you know, new uh, science was emerging that we were able to quickly share that and be part of that conversation. Well, you know, of course, some of the needs around the pandemic have waned. Um, so now the conversation has really moved to technology and sharing case studies and talking about new and emerging technology and sharing those experiences. And, you know, more recently, you know, we see um, conversations that are really about the changing landscape of practice. And so it's it's been really like a draw for our members to have those conversations, but also for our association to get to listen in on that. And it's definitely changed some things that we've done here in the office or priorities and our leadership hearing it. But what's so kind of, I think, interesting about that draw is, you know, we're always looking at the statistics of, you know, how many people are posting, what the frequency and, you know, we're really happy with that. But you still have a large lurker group and we get to hear from our members when we get together. Oh, yeah, you know, this conversation on the member community, well, it sparked this discussion in this ro uh, resident program, or it's sparked a conversation in another committee. So we get to hear how, like, the online community is really, like, influencing the in-person discussions that our members are having, whether it's in residency programs or, or other places. So it's, it's fun to watch the, uh, how the draw uh, continues to evolve. Seeing all those different communications and seeing people helping each other is one of the most beautiful things about community, in my, in my opinion. And I feel like sometimes some staff who are eager to help will drop, drop in too quickly before the mm -hmm. members have had a chance to help each other. That's just something that I see that I, is sometimes a mistake in community management. Kim, what other big mistakes do you see most often when you're looking at how people manage their communities? Yeah, so that's another good question. And and I can actually share from our own experience, um, probably the biggest mistake we made um, was early on not defining like a moderation process and really thinking through how are you going to moderate uh, code of conduct issues? Um, what is that plan? And in a lot of detail. And it's a really, to me, probably the most uncomfortable um, part of community is moderation. If you're working with member volunteers like we do, they're uncomfortable, um, you know, asking a, um, a member to 
revise their post. You know, staff is uncomfortable. That's why we, too, like the strategic um, services that we work with higher logic is so valuable to us. But creating that process and, um, and understanding what happens after there's one issue, you know, who's going to communicate to that member and what's going to happen next and, and really following that fully through, that will be such a valuable process for you to have in place and not being afraid to stick to it. Again, this is like one of the more uncomfortable aspects of community management, but having a process, sticking to it, it becomes really not a chore at all. And we're, you know, we, we ran into that a little bit and put that process in place. It has served us really well so that now it's really in the back of our mind. And then, you know, investing in your engagement uh, plan. And this to me is like really where we have a lot of fun um, is developing that engagement plan, but realizing that it's not a just build it and they will come. You do need to invest in that planning and, and process. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the biggest misconceptions in general about community. Build it and they will come. No, that's not how it works. (laughs) It's a lot of work. It is. It's not sometimes as organic as it appears, but it does become organic. It does. Yeah, over time, (laughs) you've built it. You've you, You don't just build it. Once you've built it and you've built it up, then they will come. But you have to do the work of not just building it, but building it up. You know, birds aren't going to come land in mass on a tiny little sprig of a tree. The tree's got to get to a certain point where it's got branches and leaves and places for them to hang out before the birds will just flock there and stay. So we talked a little bit about what you guys do uh, when the community isn't biting on your content. So how do you iterate it and you um, change things around? You don't just assume that it's bad content or bad idea. So how do you listen in? How do you use that community to listen in on that? And then to listen and turn that into other association marketing or new programs. Yeah, our community is, any community, is an amazing learning tool for staff and for volunteers and for members. So whether our goal in listening in is to create new content or to respond to member needs, that community is giving us a window into what our members are seeing day to day and what their concerns are, what's keeping them up at night currently. You know, we've found that some of our members who are in education have actually used case studies posted to our community to instruct residents. That's how much value they see in that content that's being generated by their peers. That's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, from a staff perspective, I know Kim's got a few examples of how discussions on the forum have really influenced the work that we're doing as staff and with our volunteer leadership. Yeah, we were really um, fortunate. There was a a discussion um, about a lesser known um, diagnosis and uh, that discussion on connection, uh, our our member community led our president to uh, appoint a special committee to look at the topic. And actually it was an interdisciplinary issue. Um, So we worked with another association to create a a policy statement around it. You know, so it's great how that sort of seed from from the community um, turned into uh, guidance to uh, professionals on on, an awareness too to the public on this kind of lesser known diagnosis. I love stories like that. I love to hear about how communities and sharing among members have really impacted the broader impact that they've had. It just, it's, 
it makes me feel so good about what we do. I love it. Yeah, we even uh, encourage our colleagues over in sort of our meetings and education department to pop in every now and again to see what content would make for a good webinar or a good podcast episode in the future. I mean, it's it makes some of our own content generation a lot easier in a lot of ways. That's definitely a huge benefit. If you can get people talking, it definitely makes content creation so much easier to do. Uh, knowing what people want and what they're what they're talking about, what they're interested in. Uh, so, Natalie, what about the voices you're not hearing? You, what do you do with shy community members, the people who just sort of prefer to read and observe and kind of stay quiet? Yeah, we're thrilled they're there. Honestly, even if um, it is a little community of lurkers who we know are around, we know that they're logging in, and our daily digests continue to have really strong open rates. So those factors indicate to us that our members, even if they're not actively posting, are finding value in the content and the community that we've established there. And we're always working with our community manager to identify and test tactics that will get those new voices to post. You never know what's going to convert somebody from reading to actively replying or even starting a thread. Maybe they're not comfortable sharing a case study or asking for advice about a case the way other people do, but they might reply to a post and tell us why they're excited to attend the annual meeting. So I think so. that's kind of tying back into our gamification. That's where we see a lot of value in those efforts is creating a space where some of our more shy members don't feel it's as big of a commitment to reply to and gets them sort of dipping their toe in the water a bit. Yeah, and that's a great point about gamification that I don't think people think about often enough. Let's take the idea of, okay, you've got people contributing to the community and that's fantastic. So how do you take those people out of the community and turn them into fans of the association as a whole? Well, I think it really starts with listening and, you know, figuring out what's engaging members and their passion. Our, you know, this is my second community that I've worked with Higher Logic uh, on for at AAE. And the things that our members are really engaged and passionate about are different than my last association. And so really, you know, listening to members and then starting to recognize them. I think gamification does that really nicely. But even recognizing them, like, you know, we have a, a chair of our of one of our committees who does a really good job of reaching out to our engaged members and just privately thanking them for their contribution. You know, so I think that listening and recognition can go a long ways. Everybody likes recognition. <laughs> It's, it's certainly even the shy ones. Actually, sometimes the shy ones are looking for it more than the ones who are more gregarious. They just don't know how to ask. Um, so how would each of you answer this question? I really wish we could blank. I would say get more organic involvement of our super volunteers. Really have them feel more comfortable. They are our members who are doing a lot. And I think they're really busy. They're great about like getting involved if we send them a ping, but really getting them feeling comfortable sharing the great work that they're doing um, with the, at the association. Yep. And kind of similar to what I've already mentioned a couple of times, I really wish that we could make every member feel empowered to post to our community. Some members might be intimidated or feel that they have nothing to add, but this really is a space for them. And that's part of the work that we're doing with our content engagement strategies to make sure that 
all of our members feel welcomed and empowered to contribute. Last but not least, this is a question I ask all of our guests, and you can answer it together or you can each answer three. It's up to you. What are the three most important ways to engage members? And these can be broad, specific tactics, however you like to answer. Sure. My top three would be to have a plan, keep trying new things, and have fun. I think all three of those can be a little uncomfortable at the start, because like we said earlier, you want it to be this beautiful, organic community where members are naturally drawn to it and know what to post and how to engage But that planning process and having steps in place to support the community is really important. And again, not being afraid to try new things when it doesn't work out the first time or doesn't go as expected is a great strategy. And having fun can also be a little uncomfortable. I think some of these community voices that we're discovering, we're not really used to. And it's just a whole different platform for us. So there's there's a lot of room and flexibility and opportunity for creativity there if you're willing to take it. Yeah, I, I really agree with that. You know, and I think kind of piggybacking, like, you know, really using members' organic use of the community to, to help lead your strategies and that planning and rewarding them and, and is part of that having fun. Um, and actually, I feel like that's a lesson I've really learned from Higher Logic. Um, having been a client for a very long time, um, is you, you, Higher Logic does such a good job of you know rewarding in fun ways that um, we've tried to take some of the spirit of that into our own uh, uh, application of it with our member community. Thank you guys so much for joining us and for giving us all that information. Uh, It's been fantastic talking with you and really appreciate your time. Uh, I could sit and talk with community with you guys for quite a while longer, but uh, I've I've run out of questions for the moment. (laughs) (laughs) And to everybody who's listening, thank you for joining us. And don't forget to subscribe to the Member Engagement Show through Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts uh, and be sure to subscribe to a newsletter association marketing pros or amp you can grab that link from the episode notes. thanks again and we'll see you next week
Thank you, Beth. This was really